Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Now, turn our attention to James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. Let's begin this part 2 by simply reading those four verses. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. In these very crazy days we're living in, um, we need wisdom. I also want to share from, from the King James Version, I want to share just uh, verse uh, five. I've, I quote it to myself in the King James English all the time. I love it. James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. I always like that. Uh, giveth liberally, upbraideth not. In other words, God is going to freely give wisdom to those who ask, and he's not sitting around waiting to scold somebody who keeps finding it necessary to come to him and ask for wisdom. He's not going to hold it back, and he's not going to scold the asker for asking again and again and again. And I've always just liked how how um, poetic it sounds in the King James. Uh, it says the same thing in the ESV in more modern language. He gives generously without reproach. He gives liberally, upbraid is not, same thing. Um, so let's jump in here and let's start with some assumptions. Let's start with some assumptions that the scripture brings out. I think they're powerful assumptions. Um, healthy assumption, number one, that I think we should see is that each one of us needs more wisdom than we presently have. Um, James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, I, you know, easily, I think brother James could have said, since we all lack wisdom, <laughs> if, if anyone lacks wisdom, no, I, 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 I'm not presuming to change the scripture. I'm, I'm being metaphorical here and being trying to be humorous, but, uh, I think it could easily say since we all lack wisdom, right? <laughs> since we all last, uh, lack wisdom, um, he, but he says, if. Uh, and I always say, you know, if a bullfrog had wings, he wouldn't bump his hiney every time he jumped. You know, you, you can't live on ifs, right? You can't live on ifs. Um, but this is a cool if. This is a conditional if. If anyone lacks. Who lacks? I lack. If anyone lacks wisdom, ask God. You look at all that's going on in our world right now, all that's going on in our country, all that's going on in our communities. Man, I lack wisdom. I like wisdom for the right way to think about it. I like wisdom for the right way to speak about it. So here I am. I like wisdom. <laughs> since I like wisdom, since I like wisdom, I, I want to have this totally healthy assumption that I need it. Well, I'm in a great position. I want to, I want to reverence God. I want to walk humbly. I want to be in his word. You know, I, I want to have this constant conversation with him. I want to ponder the frailty of life. I, 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 I want to walk with Jesus. Amen. I do. And, and even with all of that, there are situations in life that I stand completely befuddled in the face of. And so that's me. I, I don't know if anybody else, uh, uh, can feel it like I do. Um, if anyone lacks wisdom, okay, that's me. 
let's meet the let's meet the scripture with the assumption that we already lack, lack wisdom. Um, we're never, ever, ever as smart as we think we are. Can I get an amen? We never are as smart as we think we are. I remember one time one of my one of my brothers had I don't, I don't even remember what he had done because what he had done didn't matter to to the to the um, beautiful lesson my grandfather was giving him. My grandfather sort of gave him this speech, and my grandfather would have been about sixty at the time. Um, and so he, you know, he's telling my brother, who's about 15, he says, you know, when I was 15, I thought I knew everything. When I was 30, I started having a couple questions. When I was 45, I started to realize I didn't know much. Now that I'm 60, I know I don't know anything at all. My, my grandfather was gaining a heart of wisdom. And what he was trying to tell my brothers right now, you think you know everything, but you're going to, if you live long enough, you're going to get to this place in life that you're going to say, man, I don't know much of anything at all. And, um, well, I'm 48. I'll be 49 here in uh, August, right? Uh, and I'm already telling you, I'm 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 out of out of hyperspace past that 45 thing. My grandfather was saying, you know, uh, I, I I'm at that 60. I, you know, I I don't know anything. I especially don't know anything compared to God. Uh, I mean, in other words, I, I'm just starting to see how small I am. There's that Psalm 90 verse 12 coming to roost in my heart. Um, you know, uh, teach us the number of our days that we may attain a heart of wisdom. Uh, it's coming y'all. And, and, uh, what wisdom is teaching me is I need God to show me anything. I need God to show me how to view things, how to speak about them, how to feel about them. I, I just, I just don't know much of anything at all. And so it lands on me big time. I, I, I can feel it. So let's start with that assumption. Each one of us needs more wisdom than we presently have. Are you 15 years old? I'm not picking on you. When I was 15, when my brother was 15, we thought we knew everything. And, and, and you know, I'm not picking on you. But if you're 15 and you happen to be listening to this, you you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, some point you'll realize it. Because right now you're going, oh, he, that old guy, he don't know nothing. He don't know anything about how this world works. Amen. I don't. And when, but when I was 15, I, I had it wired. I knew everything. Oh, especially when I was about 21. You know, I was 10 foot tall, bulletproof, and had that libraries of Alexander, Alexandria in my mind. Couldn't tell me anything. Hard headed. Oh, my gracious. Knew everything. And, uh, you know, hard headed and big mouthed. Uh, and so. Uh, some of some of us are out there, and we're we're starting to edge into into the the the, the beginning of middle age. You know, that when you're about thirty, you're just at the edge of middle age. You feel like you stopped being young. You are. You're stopping, and you're starting to say, "Man, I've got questions." <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of us are in the heart of, of middle age, right? That's me. We're just in the heart of it, and we're going, "Man, have I ever known anything?" Uh, we're just getting in position to realize we haven't. So, so let's start with this healthy assumption that each one of us needs more wisdom than we presently have. And then let's look at two healthy revelations this, this scripture shows us. If you look at the second part of, of verse number five, uh, it says, uh, you know, gives generously without reproach. Okay. There's a couple of really healthy revelations here. And if you know these, it'll be good for your heart, like it's good for mine to remember them. Number one, God is good. Number two, out of his goodness, God is gracious. Uh, what do I mean? So James is saying you can approach God who has something. 
You know, in other words, there's a goodness about God and he has it. And there's a graciousness about God and he wants to share that goodness. It's the, it's the, it's the reason, it's the reason, um, we cry out to God. We believe he's good. We believe he's listening. We believe he cares. We believe he has the capacity to answer. Um, we cry out to him because we believe he's, he's good and we believe he's gracious. And so if you start out with the healthy assumption that every one of us, each one of us, uh, needs more wisdom than we presently have. And if you say, well, here's this revelation. God has it. He's good and he's willing to give it. <clears throat> that positions us to really seek after the Lord. I was telling some friends the other day about my, my, my mom, my dad's mom had one of those cookie jars. Well, she actually had several of them. I think it was three on the counter. If memory serves me correct. I mean, them old school cookie jars you used to see in the stores. And I think maybe she had gotten them from a store. Um, I remember she had one that had a, had a metal top on it and a couple that had glass tops or maybe two of metal tops. But anyway, you could see in them bad boys. You could see everything in them. And she always had cookies in one of those cookie jars. And one of them had little Debbie cakes. And, you know, you walk by that, that thing in the kitchen, man, you could just see them cookies in there. And, and, um, and, uh, when I was, when I was little, when I was little, uh, I didn't have enough sense to know when to ask for a cookie. So I got turned down a lot. Cause I would, you know, I would ask my grandma, grandmother for something she had. I would ask her for something she was willing to give, but I would ask her for what she had and was willing to give at the wrong time. For example, they always ate, they ate dinner so early, like four o'clock. I'm not kidding. So, you know, you say you've been out doing your chores or playing, what have you in the, in the middle of the afternoon. Cause it feels like the middle of the afternoon to me. We ate dinner more like six between six and seven when I was at home. So it felt like the middle of the afternoon to me to go up at grandma at three o'clock or three 30 and say, can I have a cookie? And she's like, no, you can have a cookie. Um, and in my mind, I just want a cookie. I mean, it's that simple. I want a cookie, but in her mind, you'll ruin your dinner. And so my grandmother was good. You know, I liked a cookie. My grandmother had cookies. My grandmother was good and she was gracious. But part of grandmother's wisdom was, 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 uh, was teaching me wisdom. When to ask for a cookie? When was a good time to have a cookie? Uh, and so later on, I was way more successful. So if I had been a baseball player with these cookies when I was, when I was young, when I was young, I was like batting, you know, one for a hundred. Maybe every hundred times I asked, I got one cookie, but, uh, by the time I was a teenager, you know, uh, you know, I was, I was a hundred for a hundred. I knew when to ask for those cookies. Um, so over my, over my lifetime, I still didn't bat so well because I, I worried her to death when I was young. All right. Now take this healthy assumption. Use my silly illustration. It's a silly illustration. Use it. The, the silly illustration is there's, there's a grandma who's, who's a good grandma. She's a gracious grandma. And she has cookies. Uh, and you want cookies. Here's the, here's the, here's the healthy assumption. Each one of us needs more wisdom than we presently have. There's a good and gracious God who has it, right? Often we just don't know how to get it. We don't know how to seek it. We don't have the right motivations for it. We don't have the right attitude. That's why you got to go back and see that in our first part of this session, in part one of it, it's so critical to get set up so that we have enough wisdom to know 
how and when to ask for wisdom because God wants us to ask it. He's not going to scold us for asking, but he's also not going to give us um, something at the wrong time and in the wrong way because that's out of his goodness. So there's a healthy assumption. We all need more wisdom than we presently have. There's a couple of revelations that should drive our attitude. God is good and God is gracious. So if we ask God for wisdom and in the moment we don't have it, God's timing is a beautiful thing. Um, it's beautiful. Um, and uh, it's really critical that we cry out to God because he's good. Right, and he's going to give it. He is going to give wisdom. That's what the last few words of James chapter 1, verse 5 tell us. And it will be given to him. But it's going to be given. You know, God is good. God is gracious. God has this wisdom. He will give it to him. He will. Part of it's in our asking, part of it's in his timing. And you talking about these crazy days we're living in, you know, just go back a little bit here. Go back. Say, am I positioning myself to be open to the to receiving something from God? Then am I asking for it? Then am I trusting when he gives it? And am I waiting? Or I move on and try to, you know, go get advice from Oprah or Wikipedia or Dr. Phil or whoever. Um, or do I wait for God? All right. In view of all this, in view of all this, let's wrestle with our own reality. Let's wrestle with it. That's what verse six starts to put in our face. Verse six says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. That's what I was leading us into. God's going to answer, but we can't, we can't like go to God and walk away from God before we get the answer. And that's what a lot of us do. And so let's wrestle with our own reality. We who believe need help believing. Now go all the way back to the beginning. All the, way, the fear of the Lord. Stick with God. Stay in that position of reverence and worship. Stay humble. Stay in the word. Keep walking with Jesus. All of these things position us to receive wisdom. And then let's wrestle with our reality. We believe, Lord, help our unbelief. We believe, help us keep believing. Help us stay the course. And really here in the passage in verse six, when it talks about doubting, it's really talking about uh, an intellectual struggle between two things. Do I keep hanging on to God to get the answer or do I give up on God and go over here and try to get the answer somewhere else? Is God's method, say just a, uh, this, this morning I was writing on, on, on relational uh, reconciliation. Is God's long-term, slow, grinded out method of reconciliation, uh, is that, is that the, the pathway I want to stay on? Do I want to keep clinging to God? Or do I just want to, um, you know, be angry and either just forget the person or, or, or bully my way to a less satisfactory answer? It's like being caught between two things. And what happens, what happens is when we, when we are caught between two things, we're going with neither one and we're tossed around. And this one over here, this non-God answer isn't, is, is, is going to drown you. So caught in between is like being tossed. Going the wrong way is like being drowned. Going the right way is like winding up walking on the water. And so that, that's what he's saying here. 
you know, and I, I here again, I love, let me switch Bibles. I love how the King James says it, verse five, I mean, excuse me, verse six, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Believe that God has the answer. And if you don't have a chapter and verse at the moment, if you don't have something that you can, you know, you can spout out in a moment, just believe God has it and don't start seeking wisdom from any other source. Uh, wait for God without wavering. And, and, you know, here in uh, King James Version in James 1, 6, he continues, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. I mean, you just slung every which way. That's a real technical term, which way. And so let's wrestle with our own reality. We who believe need help in believing. Uh, we want to hang with the Lord, but we often we often want answers faster than God is giving. Get faster than God is giving them, and so we just we we need help. We need help, and we're always struggling with our dualities. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but if you go into James chapter three verses nine and ten, you know one verse says uh, with, with 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 our mouth we praise God, and then with our mouth we curse men. And who are made in the in the likeness of God? And we're like, man, that shouldn't be. And then verse ten says, praising and cursing come out of the same mouth. And uh, brothers, uh, you know, these things shouldn't be. My paraphrase. So, so we're always struggling with with trying to walk two paths. And and James said, if you want wisdom from God, just stick with God. Don't bounce back and forth between worldly solutions and God solutions. You know, walk humbly with your God reverence him, be humble, stay in the word, keep walking with Jesus, keep pondering the frailty of life, have a deep and abiding prayer life. In other words, just keep positioning yourself to hear from God. You will, he will give you wisdom. He will answer that. And so uh, that was a lot. So let me say this in, in, in finality. Um, there, there is much working against us in our times to subvert the pursuit of wisdom. The enemy doesn't care what you trust as long as you don't trust Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The enemy does not care what you trust as long as you don't trust Jesus. The enemy doesn't care what you hear as long as it doesn't agree with the word of God. He doesn't even care if you hear the word of God in a twisted form that that removes the, the power and truth of God out of it, as long as you don't get the power and the truth of God. So positioning ourselves for wisdom is hypercritical for us to receive wisdom. And then each one of us needs it more than we presently have it. God is good and gracious and wants to give it. God is good and gracious and wants to give it. And we got to wrestle with the reality that we're often people tossed between worldliness and godliness. And we got to ask God to help us stay on this godly path, stay in godly fellowship. So critical, so critical. Position ourselves and ask the Father. Really critical. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Tim Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, 
a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Thank you.